How's it, Internet? And welcome to Two Guys in SharePoint. Roger that. The only SharePoint show in uh, the southernmost, well, we're not the southernmost tip of Africa, right? Or is that Cape Town? Well, anyhow, the only SharePoint show in South Africa where everything is not made up and there are no points. How's it, Al? Hello, Mr. Modlin. Yeah, you think you'd catch me out making me laugh just before we hit the record button. I think I did remarkably well. <laughs> Anyhow, sidebar, we, we had a bit of a rogering um, going on earlier on. And I said, roger that, and then he laughed, and then I hit the record button. Um, so, so no, he did not laugh. I, did, I, I do recall you laughing, though. Oh, we'll see. It'll come out in the edit. Anyhow, welcome to episode... 67, 67, 60, 60, 68, 68, 68. We are almost back to a weekly cadence. Um, this is our bi-monthly cadence that we're currently on. It's like going back to gym. You know, you never get on the treadmill and run at 14. You start at 6.5 and work your way up. And that's what we're doing with season two of Two Guys in Shepherd. Yeah, that, that works for me. As we can do it, we will get it. We'll, we'll try every week, and hopefully we get more than not, I think is the plan. Yes. Anyhow. We've got a guest this week, Al. Yes, we do. The multiple personality Phil Worrell. The man that does not sleep. Fantastic. He's been on our show before. He was a part of a panel from episode at Last Year's Ignite. And I thought I'd get him on the show, because often we speak to a lot of people about, a, a lot of consultants, mostly. Uh, what are you doing with your customers and all of that? Whereas Phil is the customer. That is a very valid um, and ro- very useful insight. Yes. So we, 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 we've got him on the show. Let's cross to that now. And on this week's uh, show of Two Guys at SharePoint, he's been on before. I don't know if we've actually had another guest on more than once. Ah, Daryl and Lorian have been on again, yes. But it is Phil Worrell. Am I saying your surname right? And is that with two L's or one L? It's actually with two L's, but uh, my Twitter handle is with just the one. In the notes, in the notes um, we made for the show notes that we make for this great show, I, I didn't, I, when typing it up, I couldn't remember if it was one. But yes, you're right. In, in Twitter, it is, it is one. Anyway, welcome to the show. You've been on before. You were on our show last year for Ignite. Yeah, that was uh, that was an honor. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me back. Honor to, look, we we lucky to have people like you to 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 be on the show, right? I mean, the show wouldn't be anything without our guests. And one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the show, outside of trying to figure out how you spend so much time on social media, being the official regarding 365 social media manager, and just on that note, a big congratulations, we've hit 50,000 reads, no, views on Medium uh, this month. 50,000, over 50,000 views. I mean, that's because Phil doesn't sleep. (laughs) That's pretty insane, really, 50,000. I can't read that many tweets. <laughs> well, not yet, right? Because you still need like 45 minutes sleep a day. Yeah. Yeah. About five minutes usually does it. Usually does it power naps, yeah. So, Phil, just a little bit about yourself for our listeners. Yeah, well, um, I'm an IT pro. been around, what, 30 years in the business now, which seems a crazy long time. I was originally around, you know, doing stuff with uh, mainframes, modems, and mag, mag tapes. 
you know, a long, long time ago. But um, now I'm, I'm getting into, in the last few years, I've been getting into doing community, ended up, you know, like a lot of people eventually drifting into the SharePoint space and then on to Office 365. So uh, right now I'm just trying to promote as much of the community as I possibly can, really. But um, I'm living out in Switzerland for now. Uh, I've been here for 12 years. My wife's Swiss, so I got dragged out here from the UK, originally from London. So, yeah, it's been an interesting ride. Uh, in your day job, because you spoke about your night job right now, right? The community <laughs> stuff. <laughs> what is it that you do in your, in your, in your day job? Uh, currently, um, I work for a large telco, but I'm farmed out to a um, large uh, non-governmental organization looking after their SharePoint and as time has gone by onto their Office 365 thing. So, you know, everything from the day-to-day -day, uh, helping users with their, uh, how do I secure my site and what new sites people need and their business requirements around those and the general governance of those things. Um, also looking into and pushing out some of the more richer parts of Office 365 um, as we go. So um, finding those business use cases and um, applying Office 365 solutions to them where, where it's relevant. So my question to you then, and you come from a SharePoint on-prem world, right? Oh, I've done some SharePoint on-prem on stuff, but um, I, I came into SharePoint only about officially probably five years ago now. Um, but okay. I started doing on-prem and then gradually onto onto um, online. So my question really then to you is, coming from a SharePoint on-prem world, mm -hmm. how does SharePoint online translate when you are engaging with users? Because for me, it's, 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 it scares me and it scares a lot of SharePoint people because it's a, for me it's a big it's a huge departure what are you seeing in, in in your world how do you adapt and change and and start working with SharePoint online and it's a feeder question because it's going to feed into another question <laughs> well basically i mean i i think what what we tended to do when we did the uh, migration is that um, customer had gone from 2007 to 2013 and 2013 was a complete big departure for them um, but then what we did is we kept as much as possibly to be the same as possible for for the end user side of things. Um, from an infrastructure side of things, oh, huge relief! You know, no more patching, no more, no more having to keep worrying about the performance so much, uh, that kind of thing. But so from a user perspective, they they got used to what they were doing, and we we kept as close as we possibly could to that. Um, so everything was classic. Everything is still mostly classic, and we're just starting to get into some of the modern stuff now. Now, when you moved, and so I said it was sort of a loaded question, but when you moved, did you only look at SharePoint Online when moving from SharePoint On-Prem, or did you look at Office 365 holistically when re-evaluating what's been built on-prem and how are you going to consume it in the cloud? Or did uh, what you did say is that you went classic to classic, right? So. Yeah. How, well, did, how did the, the new features in Office 365 impact how you viewed moving to Office 365 just from SharePoint? From a customer perspective, um, it was more a case of yeah, we want. It was more a, an IT infrastructure decision. So we we want to get off of on-prem. Um, you know the usual uh, cost reduction. So it was more a case of yeah, you take what you've got and you and you put it on there. Uh, and it was a case of yeah, we want to go the usual route identity. Exchange and then go then go for go for the SharePoint stuff. Uh, I don't think anybody quite realizes 
how big a task some of that migration work is and all the little nuances and things that you have to work out and the planning that you have to do in any any sort of migration. Uh, so yeah, it was it was more dictated at this for this particular customer. Um, but in general in general terms, you know I can see why you've got all those other things in 365 uh, that you want you want to leverage. You want to you want to make sure that you 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 take advantage of those things. Um, and you know the amount of time that you spend with the current um, taking care of you know babysitting your on-prem stuff, if you've got the space now to do the uh, to do the other applications and services, you know you, you know that's where you put your effort after after your migration is done and things have settled down. So you mentioned working with an NGO. Is this the NGO that you're talking about, or, or the bank? Yep. This is the an NGO. This is an NGO. This is an NGO that I've been working with. Yeah. All right. And are you seeing a, like you said earlier on, it's an IT function thing, right? You can save cost on servers and compute and worrying about keeping the lights on and worrying about cooling and DR and all of that. Let's lift and shift, remove everyone to the cloud. The only difference is the URLs change, right? Yep. That's pri- that's primary. And that was that was probably that was probably one of the biggest impacts with it. And from a technical standpoint, things with, you know, shared network drive, you know, network drives can mapping network drives and things were a bit of a nightmare. But other than that, um, we had relative, relatively smooth because most of it was just about um, people's content, people's documents and things. It wasn't so much about, there wasn't that many solution, actual real solution things out there, no many, not many farm solutions and all that sorts of things on there. So it was a relatively, Relatively easy to 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 move most of this most of the content. I'd say a good eighty ninety percent was relatively easy. And in today's world, now that you are in in shipping online with all the other funky apps that's available for consumption, are you seeing people moving away from how they traditionally work in SharePoint and consuming other applications like Teams and and things? Mostly at the moment, I mean, we're 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 picking into things like uh, forms and planner and a few of those things. Uh, we've got some fundamental governance things to sort out first around, you know, around managing office groups and things like that, which you know can can catch people out and can be a bit a uh, bit of a change for on the on the user side. Um, a lot of governance and controls has got to be uh, in place. So one of the things with 365 is, you know, you you, you see new st- services come along. But then you've got to wait six months to a year before you find all the governance controls are in place that an organisation may want. So you have to be uh, sometimes you have you have to take your time over things like that sometimes just to make sure that that every piece that you need is actually in place. So the mute button on on <laughs> on on the on the yeti works well when I want to cough. So you do you you say that governance is key to to your organization and it, mm-hmm. do you think it takes a while for Microsoft to document it because they just release a feature and then the governance comes later? Or is it being able to implement the governance by understanding where the governance principles are inside of the tenant? Is that more the problem or is Microsoft slow on releasing information about governance? I think it's more the, the you know the former you know Microsoft's uh, slow releasing some of that some of that governance stuff, you know you've got all the new shinies in there that everyone wants everyone wants to wants to play with those things, you know I mean, Teams is obviously a classic you know it goes out there and everybody goes oh hang on a minute how do I uh, ensure that I've got 
you know, I've got all those governance and retention and compliance things in place. And then when you go, you go searching for those things, uh, originally when the things first come out, there is nothing there. Um, so you're, you're, you're kind of in this, uh, well, I, I would love to release this to my, you know, to my uh, customer. I'd love to make sure that everything is there and that they can, they can use it fine. But I can't do it because basically, I, you know, you get shot by auditors or, or whatever for, for whatever compliance controls the, uh, the customer requires. And I okay. just find they come, they come out later, later in the day these things come along. So you're saying governance first before they release the product? I think you got to have a certain amount. I think I mean there are some some organisations that have hugely strict governance requirements, and there are some that are more loose with that. If you if you're looking at a small business, they're not going to be uh, heavily into some of the retention and compliance things. Whereas the uh, you know the bigger organisations are going to say, well, we need this in place to, before we can release it. I think what Microsoft tend to do is say, okay, let's develop something. Uh, see if there's a need for it. You know, customers have told us there's a need for it, so we're going to go out there, see how much of a big demand there is, and then when we've got the demand, then we'll put the the rest of the uh, the other pieces okay. in in place. I think that seems to be the general trend because that I mean, which makes sense because Microsoft are going to say, uh, well, we're not going to invest all this money in all this compliance stuff for a product that we're we're going to scrap after six months because nobody really uses it. Yeah, it makes sense. And also, we Microsoft's largest Petri dish, right? User voice or product name dot dot com. And, and that will happen. My fear there is that a product or feature gets released, but it's not consumed over an 18 month period. And then they deprecate it because only 17 out of the 500,000 customers start using it. And that, that's my my continual worry with as much as the cloud is great, when it's on-prem, I don't have to roll out that feature pack that's going to deprecate it, or I don't have to update to a later version of the product, whereas on-prem, it's just a year it is and it's gone. Yeah, and that's that's been a fear from, from a few people. It's like, okay, we've got this new feature, we've got this new service. Well, I don't really want to roll this out. So the simple reason is Microsoft might deprecate it in six months. You know, why do I go and sell this to my customer and, and say, this is fantastic, this is great, go look at this. And they build a business critical solution based on it, only to find six months later that Microsoft say, sorry, we're, we're, we're getting rid of that now because it's not being used by anyone else. Yeah, it's then critical to their business. So I think there's a whole timing aspect of when you when you feel safe enough to to roll some of these things out. Um, some of the small I say some of the smaller stuff doesn't get enough attention in my, in my view either. You know, the likes of forms and planner to do all these kinds of uh, smaller little more utility type applications as opposed to the big exchange SharePoint teams. Um, you know, it, it seems to me they always get, oh, they always get a little side note somewhere and um, they, seem to, they seem to not get the attention. But for a lot of people, those, those little apps are, are absolutely critical. Look, I think Microsoft is investing heavily in the Power Platform side, where it's Power Apps, Power BI, and Forms, um, and also at the same time, they they can't they can't piss off partners, right? It's not like they can release enterprise grade workflow, and then everyone that has built a workflow engine, like an Index or K2, uh, pick the other ones, um, mm. uh, they get negatively discounted, which we're seeing more often now than than not, because Microsoft's just bought Mavere. So what happens to someone like um, all the other 
analytics tools out there to come do a sort of Azure assessment of your environment, what happens there? Because now Mover is owned by Microsoft. So what about um, a Unify Cloud and there's a few others that how do they shift and change and make their products still viable in today's world? Well, that's that's a really hard thing to do. I mean, because I, I think Microsoft get themselves into some issues where um, they build they build products. Um, classic case in point is that and that they don't step on too many of the toes of their of their partners. Um, an example in Flow is okay. They released um, the ability to create PDFs from a connector for Word for Word Online, and okay, uh, you've got two other competitors in that, at least two other yeah. competitors in this place, yeah. Plumsale, Plum Mahimbi, and probably a whole bunch of others. Chorus um, do well. all this, yep, all these kind of, kind of thing. and that's their, that's their business, and suddenly, hang on a minute, yeah, are you giving, giving this away for free? No, they've given that, or they're basically now saying, oh, actually, we give everything for Office 365 for free, except this one piece. Yeah. So there's so this one, oh, you've got to pay extra for it. So yeah. it's, it's kind of do you step on your your partner's toes too much in that space or do you or do you sort of say well okay how do we work around that to to do these to do these things because there are there are a lot of cases i've seen especially in flow where um there are things that microsoft release where i'm thinking well that's a partner's business just business model just uh ripped to shreds you know and people yeah, have they, invested in it they, they're doing some some intricate pricing um, things like premium connectors and if you're using paid for features then all of a sudden guest access in teams now needs to be paid for and, and things like that so we are seeing microsoft work through that model a little bit better because yeah flow is not free neither is power apps but you get flow and power apps free it's the same with power bi right it's free or freemium i think is the right word until you start using some really cool features that you have to pay for Exactly. It's no. I think that the confusion for for most people in that conversation that I've had with uh, numerous people in the last um, few months since Microsoft announced all their pricing changes is a case of yeah, there's there's total confusion as to well, if I press button A, I think it's free. If I press button B, I'm not sure if that's free or not. <laughs> it was free, but now yeah. it might not be. And the stuff that I've got running already that I've built. Have I got that? Have I still got that for free, or do I have to pay? I have to start paying money. And as soon as that conversation comes up with uh, with managers about, oh, guess what? Well, well, I've just increased. I've just increased your operating cost by X thousand a year just because I've got this one thing that I built that I told you was free and it's now not. Um, that becomes a really difficult decision for uh, you know, a really difficult conversation, should I say, to have with any any you know, any IT managers. I know certain consultants who've said to me we've gone down this whole path and it's now going to cost, it's now going to be, the cost is going to be horrendous. We can't, can't afford that. And then people asking me, well, why did we do that in the first place? Why didn't we do something else? Yeah. So it's, yeah. it, it puts, it puts um, everyone in the, in a uh, bad light as it were. Um, but uh, for people who are consultants, it's just a case of uh, you're, you're just stuck in the middle and you, you can't control what Microsoft are doing and you can, you know, and you can't necessarily, you can guide the vendor based on only the information you have at any given time. Yeah, um, but now we have to we have to be extra cautious and say, well, this is as it is now, but yeah. it may change <laughs> in the future. And if it changes, I, I only 
I'm only as good as what information I have now. I cannot predict the future. So there you go. Or, or when last I touched it, right? I mean, I had to use that in an email about a week ago. I said, well, hey, last time I touched it, it worked like this. I cannot guarantee that if I run that same command today, it's still going to work like that, right? Um, it's, it's always the case. Uh, top, top tips for people wanting to move to Office 365, seeing that you've actually gone through quite a few upgrade um, um, environments in the last five years. Mm -hmm. I'd say more than anything, get your general overview of what it is the, that Office 365 really is, what its capabilities are, what its limitations are, and then really know what you have before you before you want to move. Um, do all your do your uh, due diligence around your identity, your networking. Understand you know understand that it's not the same as a lift and shift type approach. You know you're not taking your servers and just moving them to another data center. It's it is a whole you know it's a whole new ball game. It's a different way of of, of doing things. Um, ensure that your management really understand that and that um, that you have all the correct tooling and planning and things in place. Um, and more importantly, at the end of it, is to ensure that your users are fully trained and understand what it is you're doing, why and why you're doing it and what the benefit is to them for doing it. Uh, because if they don't understand the benefit, they'll just say, oh, it's just IT doing another project and it isn't going to impact me at all. All right. Well, thank you, Phil. How do people get hold of you on the interwebs and the Twitterotis? Oh, the best place for me really is Twitter, which is uh, W-O-R-R-E-L-P-A is my Twitter handle, and that's probably the best place to get hold of me. So Worrell P-A, what's the A for, Phil? <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually my middle initial. Um, okay. It was one of my login ID. I think it was my first ever Windows login ID um oh, right. that i ever used so there's a little story behind that one it's not my id for logging in in windows anymore but it was i think my, <laughs> first, my first my first active directory windows windows id that i was given oh, right. uh, many many moons ago so uh, yeah i tend well, to thanks, things. thanks a lot for being on the show and we'll chat to you soon yep thank you so much for having me mr pujin and hi yes. to mr modlin too thank you so much for coming on that was awesome you know, you sound like uh, Random Frank P. Random Frank P. He's a YouTuber. If you say so. <laughs> Moving along. Ra random, random Frank. <laughs> Let's keep that, to... That's, that's pretty random, I won't lie. <laughs> go, watch, go watch Random Frank P. Sure. Then we're on to our recurring segment. It's in the news. I saw what you did with my in the news uh, comment the last time, so uh, yeah. I will try it at different octaves to see if it makes a difference to when you edit it. <laughs> what do you have, Mr. Martin? Cool. So, a couple little things. First up, the common header that's in 0365 is going to be rolling out to Power Apps throughout October, which is quite cool. The common the common header. What What is the common header? Okay, like, I'm pretty sure we talked about this. Like, you can theme your 0365, right? Oh, the bar thing on the top. The, the bar, yeah, you can change the color and put your own logo and stuff. Ah, that, right. Like, that common bar that goes across everything, right? You can do some styling to it that will also affect Power Apps coming in through October. Is that like a, is that like a thing? Is, is, that a, is that a thing? Is that a thing? Yes, that's a thing. I'm sure we talked about this being a thing. 
All right, one of three power apps users worldwide wanted that, I take it. There, there are lots of, okay, first there's lots of people using power apps. Secondly, like... All right, moving on. Anything else you have there, Madeleine? Because From Teams? But one of three of them so, wanted this blue, I want to change the banner. If, if you're theming your Office 365, you want all the theming to be themed, right? You, you want to be consistent everywhere. You don't want it to change suddenly when you go into your apps, I would think, right? I, I don't care. I don't care. Next one. Next one, please. Do, do you care about Teams? You like Teams? I like Teams. I love, 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 love So we, we spoke last time about the end of Skype, right? And Teams taking over that whole thing. There are Skype phones, right, that connect directly to Skype and they're built to work with Skype. So on the tech community Microsoft Teams blog, there is a little FAQ about what that means when Skype turns off, if you're using those services. And there are Teams phones and they're like, plans you can get on to to upgrade your equipment and whatever so if that is affecting you that is a, a thing to think about if you have skype phones yes so teams devices are and skype devices when enrolling those devices in skype and teams room systems or teams rooms which is what they call it skype rooms um, all these devices the handset ones the specific handset ones not the teams room systems or skype room systems which runs actually windows 10 and then teams or skype on top of it skype embedded uh, yes so uh, on the faq side chances are you have to check if your device is eligible to take the new firmware so like a yay link which is the cheap ones um, the polycom Devices that used to run uh, firmware, Skype firmware, you can upgrade. Late last year's Ignite, Yealink was already testing, upgrading the traditional Yealink VoIP phone that used to run Skype. It will now run Teams. But just make sure that your model does support the new firmware. Sweet. And then what if I told you Microsoft have had developed basically five like employee engagement apps and you can go online and just get them in your 0365 tenant? Does that sound interesting? Is, is that sitting in, in GitHub? I know there were a few songs. So they, they, so they or are you talking about the Power Apps I'm ones? I'm talking about the Power Apps ones. Yeah. So there's five little turnkey apps you can just deploy. So there's a My Conference app to like uh, manage internal conferences. There's a Kudos app, a little like People app, which lets you go through the org chart, uh, a Time Away app, so you can log when you're on leave and whatever, and then like an employee hub that links to the rest of them. So, aka. Is this for Teams? It's, it's in Power Apps, so you can embed them in Teams. aka.ms slash Power Apps slash Employee Apps. Employee Apps being one word, and you can download them and import them into your tenant. Yeah, the last time I looked at that, there were like three of them. I'm glad there's more. Yeah. So, like, they've, they've got those. And if you're wanting to build Power Apps and, like, build, pull some stuff out of it, the Employee Hub has, like, some really nice menu structures and things. Um, I don't know if they've done it with components. I haven't had a look at it yet myself, but um, that's quite cool. What about licensing? Is there a license yeah, implication you, you, you to using a, these tools? You need to have uh, Power Apps licenses. I don't believe it's using any um, premium connect. So you All right. That. And just like crazily, the article that Microsoft have up about this, the example they use for all the screenshots of the employee hub, who I am and what I'm doing for some reason is George Decay. I, I don't I don't know who George you, Decay is. You don't know is. who George Decay is. You know who Random P is, but you don't know George Decay <laughs> from uh, the original Star Trek series. Famously. Oh, Taiki, like Seiko. 
So does it sound like Seiko? Because they don't know who he <laughs> yes, is. Yes, you know George. <laughs> yes, everybody knows who he is. I just don't know it when you pronounce his surname. I'm pretty sure that's the right way to do it. I think next week we have to say, welcome to Two Guys and Power Platform. I like the Power Platform. Formerly known stuff. as the Two Guys and Shepherd. I, I like it. I like it. Okay, then, like, you you have you have other news for us. What else you got, Al? I have SharePoint-specific news, Modlin. Tell me about SharePoint. I like SharePoint. All right. So think about this way, right? In the beginning, your root site collection was a classic site, right? Yeah. In Office 365, it was a classic site. And then there was a lot of talk about how do we change that? Can we do it? There is now a PowerShell command called invoke-sbo-site-swap, where you can swap your root site collection with a modern site. Ta-ta! Yeah. How cool is that? I remember that coming in. I didn't know it was just there now. Awesome. Yeah, that makes a world of difference, right? And look how I add SharePoint value to two guys. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. That's hot. Next one, site owners can now join hubs. Well, can now, joining a SharePoint hub can now be done by a site owner without okay. having the privileges. Very, That's very cool. cool. Yeah. That is cool. So they're really pushing the that self-service model thing, right? Because that's the giving the power down to the site owners. Well, it depends on the size of the organization. I think the biggest problem we're seeing as Microsoft people or customers consuming Microsoft services is really how you manage all of this. In a small to medium business, the IT manager generally is a global admin and will always be a global admin. But when you get to these large organizations, I mean, you're doing work for quite a large bank, there are specific roles that have been assigned to users. So you'll have a reports admin user who's only yeah. got access to reports. They don't have access to anything else. And that level of granularity in big organizations, this becomes extremely valuable where site owners really control what happens at this at a site level and how they expose that. So being able to join a hub at a site owner level makes sense because you might have 30 or 40 site owners that want to expose their sites uniformly. I thought you might want to curate the, the hub a bit more, but maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking about it wrong. Because before, like, the, the owner of the hub, basically, the admin would go and add them. So now it's moving that power down a level, which is, it's cool. Like, I think it, I think it's a much better way to do it. I've got more SharePoint news. Awesome. I've, well, I've got, do I have more SharePoint news? Yes, there's a new site usage page now in SharePoint Online. Okay. So much richer new, the usage statistics are better. In the old days, it was very flat. You can see now very granular and more sort of like a Google Analytics look and feel. Cool. Very nice. If that resonates with that, you. That is great. Comments on non-Office files, which I really am starting to, to enjoy that. You're now, if you're working in OneDrive or you're working in SharePoint or you're working in Teams and you're working with a, a PDF, you can now add comments to that and it's stored with objects. Okay. I didn't know that. And then those comments follow yeah. it cross-platform. Yes. Like as long as you're in 0365. Correct. That is really, really cool. How do they get that yeah. right? I, I, I didn't look at the technical side of things. Uh, but remember, Microsoft's got, and it's not just big PDFs, by the way, but remember last year at Ignite, Microsoft announced a big partnership with the likes of, of Adobe and SAP. Tighter integration. Speaking of integration, my, leading into my next segue, Microsoft and Samsung have now started a relationship as well. Okay. So those Android users that are sitting inside of the Samsung ecosystem, OneDrive now will be natively integrated into the Samsung Gallery app. Okay. 
That's sweet. How cool is that? That is How super cool. cool. Is that? that is very cool. Um, some other Office 365 news. You can now have yes. inking in PowerPoint on the web. Okay. So before that, you needed to have the PowerPoint app on yeah. the desktop app. So think about it this way. If you license the organization at an E1 level, there's certain feature parities that are not there. This is one of them. So now users can sit in a browser and do inking, which is quite cool, actually. That is super cool. It's also because Microsoft is taking the whole web E1 license to Google. Because Google G Suite customers, and we've seen quite a few of them, we either move them or there's a debate about the coexistence or people are saying, well, why should we go to an E3 when we can get G Suite at like $12 and an E3 is $20? We say, but you need to compare apples with apples. You need to compare an E1, which is, yeah. I think, $8, to G Suite which is $12. So compare it properly. And Microsoft is bringing that richness. Also, the other thing that, that people seem to miss is that you can actually do real-time co-authoring in the cloud, hybridly in the cloud with the Office Desktop app or just Office Desktop to Office Desktop app. As long as the object is sitting inside of SharePoint or OneDrive or Teams or Teams is SharePoint or OneDrive, you've got full-blown co-authoring facilities where you can actually see the people interacting and where they're interacting on the document. And a lot of customers still don't think that, that is, that's why they go and they push G Suite. Oh, no, we've got full-blown, full-fidelity co-authoring. Yeah, but you know you have that with Microsoft. No, it's not there. Yeah. Yes, it is. And then the debate rates. No, it absolutely is, yeah. The trouble with that comes in when you want to do it with a 1994 Excel document with all the DirectX things in it, and you're pushing those to, to the cloud. You're like, hmm. What customers do you work with that are... Uh, don't even... Yes, what else we got, Al? Uh, there's some activity highlights in the file hover card, which is actually quite cool now. So if you mouse over a file in SharePoint OneDrive or Teams, there's a hover card, right? And it tells you a bit more. They're adding more functionality to yeah. that modal pop-up hover card-like thing. Now you've got activity highlights. So who's worked on it when it was last edited and all of those things, which is quite neat. Cool, cool. They've improved the popular around me section. You know, if you're sitting in your OneDrive, you've got that sort of golden okay, type thing sure. that sees what's happening around you. Pop. Yeah, they've improved that. And improved also it they've how? added direct links. I don't know what it looked like before, so I wouldn't know how they So it's just a cosmetic thing. It's not like uh, we're giving you smarter intelligence into stuff. Well, have you seen that Mine Analytics is finally ro rolled out to everyone now? Yes. I don't know if you've seen that in, in recent tenants. Yeah? So that they, they spoke about it like months ago, and all of a sudden it started popping up in my tenant. It's telling me how productive I was. So it is now generally available to everyone. Uh, and I've seen it in multiple, multiple tenants, not just uh, fast ring tenants or, uh, uh, what's the other one? Um, not early adopters. What do they call it? Um, I forget. The insider program. Are we supposed to be, we, the not even the insider. We're supposed to be the experts here and we don't even remember what that is. Early release, I can't remember. The one that you took, man. Anyhow, uh, do I have any more? Ah, uh, direct links to individual PowerPoint slides. That's quite cool. So I can link just a slide, not just not the entire slide deck. That's re that's really cool. I personally am quite afraid of that because people already want to use PowerPoint as like everything. Now they're like, oh, we can do direct links. This can be our like document storage solution now or whatever it is. Once again, I, I don't know what customers you deal with, Martin. That's kind of scary. Is that a wrap for the news? Do you have anything else on your side, Bodlin? That is a wrap for the news. I think that's the size of it. Which brings us to my favorite feature. What is that, Bodlin? It's new features I didn't know about of the week. Of the week. So, Bodlin, you've been working with SharePoint for some time, right? I have. So, news. 
Right? News articles in a SharePoint team site. Yes. In a SharePoint team site. Okay. Sure. Did you know that once you've published more than three news articles, right? So you've created more than three news articles and all news pages get created to display all published team news. And now that can now go into uh, a news web part inside of Teams. So when, when you when you make news posts, it, it does all the work for you in the background and you can pull it through into news web part in Teams. Is that what you're telling yes. me? Yes. That's super. That's super exciting. That is really cool. Uh, at Mark Cashman's... Actually, if you jump onto YouTube and go find Random Frank P, have a look out for Mark Cashman. He does a sort of top tips for top-notch teamwork tips for Microsoft Teams plus SharePoint. And there's quite a few things coming through and ways to tweak Teams, how to add a full SharePoint document library in there. There's a dynamic team site news, which you can embed as a team, as a tab now in Teams, which is quite cool. And that's why I, where I picked up on this. That when you create more than three news articles, you get a news page and you can display that page like you can display a page as a tab inside yeah. of SharePoint? In, in Teams, yeah. Oh, well, inside of Teams. So it does a roll-up for you. It makes sense. So if you subscribe to news, you get that notification right, and you get it like that, so you get a weekly news update. Um, you can now embed that new news page that gets created after creating more than three news articles, and it sits inside of uh, Teams, which is quite cool. That is very cool. Um, it's, it's nice how everything plays together. And then those ones will also then feed into whatever aggregate news you do, right? If you put that site as part of a hub or yeah, you, you yeah. search for your content editor at whatever. Not content editor. What's the new one called? Hero, Hero yeah, Webpot. <laughs> no, not the Hero Webpot. But yes, when you do the, uh, when you pull the con- aggregate the content up, you can then pull that news from the teams into that as well. You can also specify what is what is hot news, like featured news. It'll have a little icon on it, um, and it'll also appear in the SharePoint home. Yeah, it is. It is very. And cool. that's it from my side, Mr. Modlin. Awesome. Um, then we're on to the last segment, which is my go with the flow. Hold on. What is it now? Is it go with the flow, or is it? Power to the power platform, is or is it? Let's do a wrap with Power App. What is it? That last one has uh, possibilities. We'll workshop it. But no, you gave me such crap about it last time. I decided to just go with the flow and go with go with the flow. Where's the commandlet of the week? That's my favorite one. Maybe I'll get. Ba- I'll 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 sprinkle in a couple of those just to keep you happy. How's that? Um, Fantastic. But this week it's go with the flow. And just to let everybody know, there was the Flow Conference 2019. A bunch of people talking about how you can use Flow and all of that. And the conference is now on demand. So if you go to aka.ms... Just, just... Yeah? Yeah, okay. aka.ms forward slash flowconf2019. If you're interested in such things, that might be of interest to you. It's just one big fat YouTube file, which... A problem. (laughs) I think it's it's a two or four hour YouTube video. It's not ideal, but it's there. You can you can do it. Flow Bros on there, Ahmed. Verge is on there, Dr. Flow. I think Melissa Hybert's on there as well. Scruff, did Scruff do something on there? Uh, I haven't watched all of it yet. I didn't catch it live. So where's the Flow thing? Is that the Flow thing? That's the online Flow conference. If you want to get into Flow, you can Flow with the so, Flow so people. Were you adding value to Flow? Is that you adding value to Flow? So you didn't prepare anything. You just told people about this. There's a lot of content there, man. Okay, all right. It's not a lot of content. It's just you slacking, slacking. Is that it, Mr. Modlin? Or do we have anything more things? Any, any more things? I think that is the size of it. Is that the show? 
I think that is the show. Hopefully back again next week, potentially. If you guys want to find us online, you can find our website, twoguysandsharepoint.co.za. You can find us on Twitter at twoguyssharepoint. I'm on Twitter at oddmodlin, and Al is... At Alistair Pugin. And do send some sort of feedback about what I should call my segment, or if I should just make it up every time, whatever the case is. No, Modlin, we need structure. We need structure. So pick one. It's either... No, but I'm like random pee or something. So I'm being I'm being random, you know? Got a to got a totes appeal to the millennial demographic. <laughs> Dab something. It's so lit, bro. <laughs> and on that note, we will sign off. See you guys next week. Ciao ciao. Ciao. Let's try that again. Let's just try that again.